Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. And uh, we have some stuff to discuss Heading into the biggest week on the NFL calendar, I am Andy Barons. I am joined today on a Monday by Liz Loza. And yes, we will dive fully into a Chiefs-Bucks preview. But first, wow, we had we had weekend news. We have a trade. Uh, the rest of the NFL refuses to just sit still for a damn week and allow this to this uh, this game week to unfold. Um, the Los Angeles Rams have acquired Matthew Stafford in exchange for Jared Goff, a third round pick in 2021, a couple of future firsts. Um, Liz, are you are you just fully back aboard the Rams bandwagon? What's your initial reaction? Yes, I immediately tweeted out a couple of things, but my first reaction was Matthew, welcome to Los Angeles. Kelly, we're not sure about you yet. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, I also, you know, in the aftermath, that this quiet news that broke over over another sleepy weekend in the off season, the not even technically the off season yet, um, but after the regular season, I heard all of this chatter about how much the Rams were overpaying, how how they got fleeced. And first of all, as a Los Angelino, let me tell you, we are used to overpaying. I don't even want to tell you what rent is in the city. <laughs> so that did not strike me. But I also felt like the piece of this puzzle that not as many people, at least in the moment, were mentioning was the albatross of a contract that the Rams were able to rid themselves of and hand over to Detroit because Detroit's going to inherit uh, the four years and 106.6 million remaining on Goff's contract. Yeah, I actually, you know, I tweeted about that right away and and Charles wrote it about it uh, a fair amount. I, and I, I do think that's definitely the missing piece here, right? Like it is is a bit of an NBA salary dump sort of trade. Um, maybe maybe Jared Goff is salvageable. Um, maybe he's a top 30 NFL starter, but there's there's no one right now that would give him that deal or anything close to it. And at least for the next like the next two years are fully guaranteed. So it's a it's a contract that was simply not available to him on the open market. And I like I agree a pick had to go with it in order to get Jared Goff off the books. Um, I think the whole thing is super interesting because I think. I'm I'm probably on the on the bullish side on Matthew Stafford and and always have been um, like we're just like a year removed from from that guy having been on pace through half a season to throw for 5000 yards and almost 40 touchdowns. Right. Like he's been he's been pretty great in the past. And I know that he has some 
head scratching moments as most quarterbacks do, but man, he's not too old. He's 33 years old. So you, you figure he's still got like three more prime seasons left. The Rams obviously in a, in a Super Bowl window right now. And the, like just the Rams as a, as a sort of team building experiment are super interesting to me because they've taken this, you know, just to, to apply a fantasy term to it, they've taken this stars and total stars and scrubs approach. Um, they're going to end up going like seven or eight years without a first round pick. So they're, they've become like just a, a developmental program, right? They have, they're going to have to find, um, great unrefined talent in the middle rounds and build it up. Um, that's interesting to me. Um, I, I just think your ceiling is so much higher with Matthew Stafford and I'm pretty excited for it. I also think the Rams have a lot of blueprints that they can pull from. You're mentioning the fact that they're going to give up a, a lot of first round picks. Well, I believe there was another dynasty team of which one of this weekend's quarterbacks used to be on that didn't <laughs> was known for not drafting very much, right? Was known for also the Packers are another franchise that uh, developed a reputation for building within. And when you have a coach like Sean McVay that you are paying what you pay Sean McVay, that is part of the expectation uh, for Sean McVay. I mean, the entire Rams coaching staff gets fleeced, frankly, every year. Everybody wants a piece <laughs> of that McVay tree as the carousel continues after week 17 and these coaching hires are made. So I think that's one blueprint that the Rams know is available to them, that there is there is precedence here for being able to successfully do this. The other one is looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl and thinking, well, here is a team that went all in on a tight window. They gave Tom Brady everything he wanted. Coach Arians came in and, and did things. Uh, Antonio Brown is part of it. They drafted around him. And, uh, you know, to your point that they won't have the picks available to draft around Matt Stafford, they now feel that this was a roster that was one spot the arguably most important position in quarter in in the NFL away from contending in the postseason and so there's another blueprint like let's go all in on the piece that we are missing they're seeing that happen in front of their eyes and they also have an incredible defense so I think yeah. there are plenty of things there's plenty of precedence here that removes any question of potential hubris from this becoming an actionable and achievable goal yeah, I, w one thing I think is really interesting about Stafford, and this is this is more than just like a, a an issue of personal style. I think I think McVeigh pretty obviously over the last couple seasons has been coaching around uh, Jared Goff a, a fair amount, right? So th this past year, uh, Jared Goff's average intended air yards was was six point five, near the bottom of the league, Extra like down there with Breeze, um, down there with a very small number of players. Stafford again for the second straight year near the top of the league. It was it was nine yards per uh, per attempt this season. The year before, it was like 10 and a half, like absolutely at the top of the league. So these are two entirely different quarterbacks in terms of like where they've been throwing the ball uh, over the last couple of years. I still think Stafford is like a top three, top five-ish arm talent. Um, he, he's just got an incredible, like whatever else you think yeah. of him, he's got a huge arm. Um, so I am really looking forward to seeing what the Rams will do as, a, as an offense that presumably will actually stretch the field a little bit like this to me seems like it should be good for uh, it's a you know a really easy advice to say that it should be good for everyone but it should be good for a run game if you're forcing opposing defenses to think about you know 10 15 30 yards downfield instead of this immediate five yards in front of the line of scrimmage right i, I think that that's a fair point i also 
the, the piece about the run the run game that gives me a little bit of pause is in PPR friendly leagues because I am not convinced that Sean McVay won't borrow from another blueprint in New Orleans and try to run a little bit more of a QBBC. Hmm. When we take a look at how much he was enamored with Walford, what does Walford do well? Well, he's this mobile kind of gadgety experiment. And we know that Stafford has the athleticism to extend plays with his legs, but we haven't seen him do that for a million different reasons in a minute, you know. So I wonder, too, if there is going to be much more mobility. That's the way the NFL is going. Scott Pianowski wrote a gorgeous article about the arrival, not just like the evolution. It is now here, the mobile uh, arrival of the mobile quarterback. And I think we're going to see some more packages similarly to what we saw Taysom Hill and Drew Brees do in New Orleans. Of course, the difference is what you just mentioned, and that is that Matt Stafford still has a cannon, and they're not going to have to worry about the short yardage checking down game that Drew Brees was uh, only able to deliver for the Saints. Uh, So I I am a little bit worried, though, because, you know, you have one of those mobile quarterbacks um, checking down to the running backs via the air becomes less of an option because they tend to run or go for it. So if Taysom, I mean, if I already said it, if if Wolford comes in <laughs> on some of those packages, we may not see that. But I, I think you're right. This is a gorgeous opportunity for Cam Akers. Um, not not holding you to this in any way, but where do you think Matt Stafford is going to come in in your QB ranks for 2021? Ooh. Right now, I think I could pretty safely place him around QB 10, QB 11. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's more or less what I'm thinking. Obviously the, the first, I don't know, you think about the top of the board, the first, I don't know, maybe six of the top eight names are going to be dual threat quarterbacks. Um, like it's going to be a type of quarterback that, that Stafford just isn't right. We're not going to get six or eight rushing touchdowns out of Matthew Stafford. His fantasy upside is a little bit limited by that. Um, can he throw for 4,600 yards and 30 touchdowns though? Like for sure. Like that's very much on the table. Are we going to get from Matt Stafford what we always expect from Matt Ryan now? Like, I, th- I think that that yeah. Matt Ryan is what the like QB nine every year, the QB eight to 10 every year, not this year, but when you look at his weapons and we always imagine that, but now Stafford in Los Angeles, I feel like has that sort of um, comparative in terms of numbers floor. Yeah, I think that's a really good call. I think there's almost no way that he finishes in a healthy season. I think there's almost no way he finishes below like 4,400 passing yards. It's going to be a huge touchdown total. Um, um, maybe some of this is just like uh, recency, and I'm super excited the deal happened. I'm, I'm glad that he landed in a in a friendly spot. I was kind of rooting for Carolina, I got to say. And I, I mm. like if they really offered the number eight pick, that seems like a pretty strong offer. Um but I'm just glad he landed uh, with a with a competent head coach and uh, uh, in a in a pretty ripe environment. How how do you feel about the other side of this deal? How, like how are you feeling about the Lions right now? They've got new new head coach in Campbell. They've got a new OC in Anthony Lynn. They've got a new quarterback in Jared Goff. They've got multiple firsts here. They've got some pieces in Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Um, they might franchise Kenny Galladay. Like, are you in or out on this? Can Goff keep everybody fantasy viable? I mean, I think my biggest takeaway from the Detroit side is that Brad Holmes is in the largest take lock of his life, (laughs) right? Like he was part of the scouting team with Los Angeles that went after Jared Goff. 
we've, we see Anthony, we've seen Anthony, how many times have we made fun of Anthony Lynn over the course of the 2020 regular season for being wildly conservative? And then you've got Dan Campbell making a, Dan Campbell's press conference was the equivalent to Adam Gase's, right? Like <laughs> I'm hungry for tacos. I'm hungry for kneecaps. I will say to that end though, Dan Campbell, I'm imagining will be beneficial to Hawkinson. Campbell, known as a blocking tight end, played for a minute in Detroit. There's some connective tissue there, no pun intended. And um, I do think, though, that TJ Hawkinson will probably, in his third year, have a even more of a breakout season under Campbell. I'm not convinced. I know that there, you know, there's the opportunity for the Lions to franchise tag Galladay. I just don't see him coming back. I feel like if this is a true rebuild for the Lions, uh, Kenny Galladay will not return turn because he doesn't want to be there he didn't finish the season yeah. he want you know why he didn't finish the season because he didn't want to get even more hurt because he wants to get paid because he saw the writing on the wall because they're privy to conversations that we are not privy to so i don't buy for a stinking minute that kenny galladay <laughs> is going to be on the team and while they could franchise tag him do you really think this new regime wants to deal with a guy who's throwing a hissy fit because he doesn't want to be there and by the way hissy fit i don't blame him for throwing so now what are we looking at? Like Jared Goff won't have uh, like a 50-50 ladder climber to occasionally yeah. throw to. It's going to be Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. Like that, those are the two fantasy relevant pieces of this offense. Well, it would be uh, difficult to name two players that I am more attached to uh, in Dynasty League. So I, I feel okay about that. I just need I just need Jared Goff to keep them relevant for uh, a year or two. Uh, one thing I didn't mention here is that I think the only team that Matt Stafford singled out um, as a franchise that he would yeah. absolutely not go to is New England, which I find super interesting. Like, I, I get it at one level um, because they have no weapons at all, right? They probably have the worst skill position group, um, if, if not in the league. You know, it's they're close. Um, you're, you're also basically the guy who followed Tom Brady. Not quite. There's Cam in the middle. But you're basically the guy who followed Tom Brady. And then Matt Patricia is there as well, which kind of an indictment of Matt Tr Patricia, right? If this, kind is, of. If this is accurate. That's the, you buried the lead there. I mean, if anything, him not wanting to go to New England, not be coached by Bill Belichick, is a, a testament to the toxicity that um, the, I, I, he reminds me of Bluto from Popeye. I always like, want to call him Bluto, <laughs> totally, totally. like Bluto with the pencil. Um, what Bluto brought to that organization, I think that that's a. I, I kind of love too that Matt Stafford had the onions to be like, nah, and I'm going to say it out loud, not going there. I don't like agree with. I've been there. I've done that. And it didn't help my career. I have two. We should also mention that there are two years left on his deal and there is no extension as part of this trade, at least immediately. Yeah. That can't happen, obviously, until after the spring. But right now, the Rams are only tied to two years and Matt Stafford is betting on himself for two seasons. Yeah. And I guess kind of shout out to the Lions for actually, uh, uh, you know, placing him in a good home here. Right. Like they they listened yeah. to him, didn't deal him to New England, certainly had the option to deal him almost anywhere. Um, so that's cool. Uh, this this probably shoots down any any possible like, I don't know, you hear from the Patriots fans all the time on social platforms about about, you know, what this turnaround is going to look like and how quick it's going to be. And it, it just it just ain't going to be quick. Like nobody wants to go there. Matt Stafford didn't want to go there. You're not going to get a long line of quarterbacks that want to that want to show up and deal with that receiving core, I think. 
And that coaching staff. And the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, as we speak, by the way, I should also mention that Kirk Cousins is trending on Twitter because the internet is speculating on a trade to, I think it's just the Niners today. Who knows? There's an NFC West arms race going on right now that is just without end. Um, but we should probably transition because we actually have a game to preview. Uh, some, <laughs> some would even call it a big game. Uh, the Chiefs and Bucks are playing for all the marbles this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk as we're going to talk matchups. We're going to talk predictions for this game. Um, first of all, I, I want to say, as always, this week's odds are from our good friends at BetMGM. We have a deal going on right now. Place any big game bet and get $100 added to your account immediately, plus an extra $25 if the big game coin flip is tails. Um, I've made a killing over the years betting on the coin flip, by the way, I'm, I'm a master at it. Um, I keep all that information behind my own paywall. Um, sign up at betmgm.com slash Yahoo special use promo code sportsbook When you make your first deposit promo valid for users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Tennessee, Colorado, Iowa, Virginia, and Michigan that are 21 years or older bonus paid in free bets within 24 hours and terms apply. Okay. The spread in this thing is three and a half points with Kansas City favored. Uh, the over-under is just a huge number. It's 56 and a half. That, that is, I mean, it's a lot. Uh, but they're probably going to get there, right? This is the Chiefs. This is the Bucks. These are unstoppable offenses, especially of late. We, we have, in this case, we have a relatively recent game uh, between these two teams that we can point to, right? So we're not, we're not just totally speculating in the dark, flying blind um, as we talk through these matchups. We've seen it, and we've seen it relatively recently. Back in week 12, Kansas City goes to Tampa Bay. They win 27-24. It's, it's among the weirdest and most notable games of the season because uh, for a minute there, Tyreek Hill was on pace for like 1,000 receiving yards, right? He had like 200 yards in the first quarter. Um, Tampa Bay was, was ridiculously trying to, to single cover Tyree kill the fastest man in the NFL. It wasn't working. Um, they eventually, obviously they got him some deep help. Um, he stopped roasting them and the bucks like kind of plugged the leaks and made a game of it in the second half. Mike Evans had a couple of scores. I don't know. So how much should we care about that first meeting when, when we size up Sunday? I think we should care a decent amount because that is data from which we can call. There were pieces missing and available in that matchup that either will or will not be in this one. You mentioned Tyreek Hill. Excellent point. Uh, also worth noting that Jamal Dean, who is probably the least celebrated of the cornerbacks for a solid reason in Tampa Bay, unavailable for that contest. He had been concussed. He didn't play in week 12. So there should be a little bit more help. And again, a blueprint. That's the I feel like the the phrase of the the word of this episode um, available to Tampa Bay. Also, I think we have to talk about the offensive line because they were without uh, Kansas City's offensive line was without Mitchell Schwartz in week 12, but they still have er had Eric Fisher. Um, they will not have Eric Fisher as he is dealing with a ruptured Achilles in the Super Bowl. Um, and so I think that when I look at the fact that Shaq Barrett and JPP both sacked Patrick Mahomes in week 12. In fact, Patrick Mahomes recorded 12 hurries in that game. That was the third most throughout the season. The uh, first, I believe, was 17 hurries in week two, the overtime Ooh. game against the Chargers, and then in week 15 against the, Charge, uh, against the Saints. He also recorded double-digit hurries. The, but again, Eric Fisher is a big, protecting his blind side is going to be a big part of this equation. And 
you cannot deny that that Todd Bowles is wildly aggressive and that Barrett and JPP have been absolute monsters down the stretch and throughout the postseason. I think that's a no one wants to talk about trench talk, right? Because it's dry and kind of boring. <laughs> but I think that's going to be a massive key to this matchup. Yeah, so that that actually kind of gets me to my next question. I was going to ask you what it what it looks like if Tampa Bay pulls off this upset, right? If they win this game, what things need to happen? And that's probably the top of the list for me, right? You've got this uh, hideously banged up Kansas City offensive line with with no Fisher, and you've got a a Bucks defensive front that's been great all year and was especially good uh, in the in the win against Green Bay. Pretty dominant in the win against Green Bay. They've been they've been just great in the postseason. Um, I, I know JPP has been dinged a little bit. Um, there are a bunch of injuries on the Tampa Bay side, right? Like Antonio Brown, we think is doubtful for this game. Um, Levante David has missed some practice. JPP has missed some practice. Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield. Um, but if these guys are all back, um, the, the possibility that the Bucks might be able to get to Patrick Mahomes without having to blitz Patrick Mahomes, it seems like that that's like... If they can check that box, um, a, a lot of possibilities are open to them. I, I totally agree. And also, you know, we're talking about Fisher and Schwartz. I think it also bears mentioning that Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who was on the Super Bowl winning roster and offensive line, obviously has opted out. So that's three su- of three of the starters from last year's O-line that aren't available for this year's big matchup. What, the matchup between Kansas City's offense and the Bucks' defense is fascinating because then you think like, okay, well, what about Travis Kelsey? You know, I mean, he is uncoverable, except when you look at the linebackers in Tampa Bay, like that's maybe the best you can get. And then yep. when you look offensively at, at Tampa Bay, you think about what are some weaknesses that Kansas City has. Well, they've given up. They consistently gave up points against the middle of the field to opposing tight ends throughout the regular season. And Cameron Brait, who, by the way, is $16 in our date in our DFS game, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, he has scored, I think, in three of the last four games since week 17. Oof. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, Gronkowski had a huge game again. Well, huge game by his by his 2020 standards, uh, over 100 yards against Kansas City in the earlier meeting. Really solid game from him. So I can see it. Uh, we, we've talked throughout the season in in preview podcasts about what a what a sort of run funnel defense Kansas City has had all year. Right. They they just don't care if you if you run against them because they're, you know, and it, like in fairness to them, you're just absolutely not going to beat that team by running the ball. You know, you're I don't know. There's there's no yardage total that you could that you could brush for against Kansas City that probably gets you to the 34 points you need or the 38 points you need. Um, but like Leonard Fournette is coming off a really solid game. He's you know the playoff Lenny narrative is very much in play here. Looked great against Green Bay. Had one carry in particular that was that was spectacular that went for a touchdown. Um, what like I don't know what's the what's the upside for Leonard Fournette here? How many yards would you expect from him? How heavily involved? Well, I think. We are going to imagine that Leonard Fournette is being used predominantly on passing downs, right? And I think if yeah. you look at this over-under of what, 56 and a half you said it was, right? Yeah. There's probably going to be some point chasing going on. And so would it blow your mind if Leonard Fournette... Now, I know he has to catch these targets, but let's say he draws six, seven targets, especially if Antonio Brown's not on the field. Like, Leonard Fournette catches five balls... I'll take the over on that. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually looking at Bet MGM right now. I'm looking at uh, a handful of parlays that are available. Um, let me let me throw this one to you: Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey both to record 80 plus receiving yards. How do you feel about that? Like, I feel like that's a lock. I feel I feel like that's a virtual lock. I can win some money on this right now. Um, obviously, Tyreek is coming off the crazy game against Tampa Bay in the earlier meeting. Um, Kelsey was just barely over 80 yards in that thing, but he scored a touchdown in six straight games. They funneled the ball to like two players. This this might be my favorite uh, parlay or prop on the board. I think I would take that. I mean, it's tough because I if I'm projecting, I'd probably have Kelsey at like 76, but... I mean, I'll, I'll go there for the prop. Yes, that's why they do this. So, sure. <laughs> uh, so, BetMGM, not the only way you can get involved in this thing. Uh, in case you guys have not heard, Yahoo Fantasy has an easy-to-play single-game DFS contest available in time for the big game. Uh, very simple rules involved in this thing. And, and Liz and I can go through it a little bit. You have a $200 budget to fill a five-player roster. Five players, guys. That is not difficult. Um, You designate one of those players as your superstar for the game. That's a guy who gets uh, 1.5 times multiplier on their score. Uh, Every spot involved in this thing is a flex. So you can can start both quarterbacks if you want to. It would be crazy expensive. But you can start quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, team defense. Uh, You just need one individual player from both Kansas City and Tampa Bay. And that's, that's it. That's all you have to do in this thing. Um, the contest itself is basically, in my opinion, it's, it's kind of shark proof really, because it like, it's so simple. We're only drawing from one actual game. Um, it's, it's desktop only this time, uh, only going to take you, I don't know. I filled out some lineups. It takes like 30 seconds, 45 seconds to set a lineup, um, and feel pretty good about it. Very fun. We've got a, a 50K big game baller contest that you can participate in. Um, plenty of opportunities here for profit. Liz, as you, uh, as you, as you look through the available names in this game, I don't know, like who's your favorite value? Who, who are you plugging in as a superstar? First of all, I don't think this is easy at all. I'm going to probably <laughs> put together like 17 lineups because that's the, when when there are when you say it's simple, there're just so many choices even though there's only like how are you going to go when this game is so close? Like are you going to stack Kansas City? Are you going to try to uh, I don't know. Like I, I have, I have <laughs> admittedly gone back because we are, we are tasked with putting, we can do our own lineups, right. And then as many as we would like, but then we are tasked with publishing and handing to our editor, um, our, our definite, like set in stone, what we want to represent, uh, how we want to represent for the big game. And I have definitely, I can't stop tweaking it. I can't just like walk away. I haven't felt settled. And I think that that's a testament to like how incredible this game is going to be, how closely matched, how big the narratives are. So um, I guess, you know, I I will say, and this will probably be a little bit telling um, when we get to the uh, predictions portion of the podcast, but I have decided to make Tom Brady my superstar who gets one and a half times the points. Um, his salary is $70. He's the second most expensive player. Patrick Mahomes is $11 more expensive at 81. Yeah. So that's kind of the wrinkle to the game, right? Like you'd, you'd, your normal knee jack, your knee jerk would be, okay, well, I'm just going to start or both knee-jack. quarterbacks I like or, knee-jack. or knee jack. Sure. Yeah. It would be, I'm just going to start both quarterbacks because that's where the points are. 
Um, you, you really effectively can't do that. I mean, you, you can, but you're going to be, you know, in addition to the two quarterbacks, you'd be starting, I don't know, three of the secondary receivers involved in this game. You can have no other stars on your team because you still have to deal with a minimum salary of, uh, uh of 10 bucks here. Um, so uh, yeah. Okay. I think I see where you're leaning, uh, in, in terms of the game prediction, I suppose. Um, I, like my, I don't know. My my initial instinct on this game overall is that I, I'm I'm a favor of the Chiefs by kind of a lot. Um, I like some of the props that are available in terms of betting the Chiefs and giving uh, ten or more points. Uh, so, but you also like if you enter a big contest like this, um, going to be hard to win when presumably everyone is going to be on Patrick Mahomes, right? I'm sure he's going to be the most commonly selected superstar. He's certainly, I don't know if I had to forecast this thing, I would say that he is the most likely player to, to, to cough up the most fantasy points in this one. Um, but like maybe this thing gets won by, by uh, somebody plugging in a player like a Leonard Fournette, uh, like a, maybe Chris Godwin goes off in this thing. Maybe Hill goes off in this thing and, and they end up being the, the, the right answer at the superstar spot. I'm probably going to stack Mahomes with Kelsey. Uh, I feel like the Bucks have probably, probably learned a few things from the first quarter of the first meeting and are, are going to approach Tyree Kill in much the same way that they finished the game against him last time. And it's just going to be a, a, a funnel of passes to, to Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then you've got to pick, like, you've got to pick somebody at the, at the lower end, uh, salary wise, a, a couple guys that jump out to me, Sammy Watkins at $17, yep. uh, possibility to, to pop in this thing. And then Scotty Miller's $11. Um, and I feel like Scotty Miller can earn $11 on like one or two big plays, especially when we don't have Antonio Brown available. Yeah, I like that you mentioned Sammy Watkins. He uh, was my my value play at $17 as well. Uh, I mentioned Cameron Brait, who's the second most expensive tight end behind Travis Kelsey, who's 44, but he is only $16. So he's been on a nice run and I mentioned the matchup there. I will also say um, that, you know, it's worth it's worth mentioning that the Chiefs cornerback the rookie cornerback Sneed I think he was a fourth round pick out of Louisiana Tech he was a little bit banged up um and I feel like that's going to allow Chris Godwin to have quite a good game and he is $33 so I like Godwin in here as well when I think about you know Sneed's been a a solid player especially for a rookie over the season but he is still a first-year player. This is a big stage. He's coming off of being banged up, and I would give the advantage to Godwin again, especially if AB isn't on the field. Then you know that that volume is um, more distinctly funneled, perhaps, towards Chris Godwin. Yeah, Godwin's going to be in all my lineups. Um, every, everything I've said so far has Chris Godwin in it. Um, he, he's he's been so good with Brady, and he's made some of that like, especially when you consider the fact that he's been playing with a broken finger. Um, some of the most impressive catches I, I've seen this season. Um, I, I think he's looking at a, a huge game, win or lose, definitely going to be a part of my lineups. He's $33, so he's not especially cheap, right? Um, but a, like the perfect player, I would think, to pair with Tom Brady in this one. Well, let's let's get to predictions. Um, let's let's uh, force you to to give us a final <laughs> score. Give us a winner. Uh, a final score. And give us a game MVP. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. if Tom well, Brady is your superstar, that, that kind of tells us where you're going. He is my superstar, although I think it, it, I think that if Tom Brady or if the if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game, which I do think they will, I am leaning towards the Bucs. I think they will win this. Um, you know, I love that the narrative is the kid versus the goat. 
and we are looking at a baton passing, a torch passing, the age of Aquarius that astrologically we just entered. Yes, it's a thing. Um, did we? Really? There is all of the... We did. We did. We entered the age of Aquarius uh, January 20th or 19th, I believe. And the age of Aquarius is about a new dawn, a new way of thinking, the the young versus the old. And we've seen... And I think that this this big game matchup is representative of that overall. But I don't think Tom Brady is ready to let go yet. I just don't believe it. And I will bet on Tom Brady in the offseason because I will bet on Tampa Bay's defense. And as I mentioned, the injuries that the Chiefs offensive line are dealing with. So I am taking Tampa Bay. I will, I mean, probably if this happens, right, Tom Brady is going to be the de facto MVP. However, to make yeah. things interesting, I'm going to give my personal MVP to JPP because I could see JPP going absolutely ham in this. Everybody knows that if the Bucks win this super, win this big game, everybody knows that if the Bucks <laughs> win on Sunday, that it will be because of Todd Bowles and this defense. And when I think about the redemption story, the rebound, the comeback effort that JPP has made over his career, then I think that that is a good enough narrative with enough like actual truth brought back into it, baked into it, that um, JPP could be the MVP. All right. First of all, I really respect that call. That's a really good MVP call because, uh, as we've already discussed, if if there's anything that is going to tilt this in the favor of the Bucks, it, it is going to be the dominance of that defensive front against a, a really shaky and, and half broken uh, Kansas City offensive line. So it would stand to reason that it's a that it's a Shaq Barrett or a JPP that makes a huge impact in this thing. Um, you are also probably right, however, in that uh, hard to imagine a scenario in which the Bucks win this thing and the MVP isn't given to Tom Brady. Short of a short of a three or four interception game, that's probably not going to happen, and, and difficult to imagine them winning uh, if it's a if it's a multi interception game for Brady. We have also seen that uh, you know obviously you could argue that the reason that Tampa Bay uh, beat Green Bay at all was that they got aggressive at the end of the first half, uh, went for it on in a fourth down situation when they might have otherwise uh, punted when a lot of teams would have punted, um, and they they end up with a with a touchdown the scotty miller touchdown that basically flipped the game and and made it very very difficult for the packers to come back from there all of which is a way of saying this team is aggressive enough to make the right choices against kansas city it's part of the reason that i'm glad we get this matchup specifically right because we're i I don't feel like we're going to get a bucks offense that settles for field goals i don't feel like we're going to get a bucks offense that kicks every time it's fourth and two fourth and three right like we're not going to get what we got from buffalo uh, in the, in the AFC title game. So I do like that. I think it's wonderful that we are get like, it's incredible that we're getting these two quarterbacks on this stage. Um, this is, uh, we said it before last week on the podcast, like this is the LeBron Kobe finals that we never got right. Like this is, uh, right. it's just, it's just phenomenal that this is happening. I now have to factor in um, the astrological aspect of this that I was not aware of until we started recording. <laughs> Um, which I feel, I don't know, of these two quarterbacks, I feel like Tom Brady is is the more likely to to buy into the astrology here. But I also feel like that that takes us in the direction of, you know, the torch passing to Patrick Mahomes. 
I, I just honestly don't see with with all the you know there's so many players who are sort of ambiguously injured on Tampa right now. Uh, the whole defense is missing practices in the in the first week in the run up to this. Um, and, and that defense all year has basically begged people to pass against them. Well, Kansas City is going to do that. Nobody does it better. Um, I think Kansas City probably gets to like 37, 38 points in this one. Ooh. I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a Kansas City win. Uh, I'm going to call it 38 to 30. Uh, and predictably, Patrick Mahomes, your your MVP. I mean, there's no way that Kansas City scoring 38 points and anybody else is going to be the MVP. Patrick Mahomes is your MVP. How do you feel about that? You hate it, don't you? No, I don't. I don't hate it. <laughs> I mean, listen, I I would love like I have gone back and forth on this as well because we have a countdown to kickoff show where I have to think about my predictions and. I would love to say that the answer is, frankly, the Chiefs and Tyron Matthew as the MVP, because I love the I mean, like the connective tissue between Matthew and Arians and Bowles is a content creator chef's kiss. Like it's a gorgeous, (laughs) gorgeous situation here. Um, I I would 30 to 38 is very, very bullish. And I I like it. I was probably thinking 3329 Tampa Bay. Um, that's the genius of this matchup, though, is that any of these is real. I mentioned Tyron Matthew because he has just been on fire throughout the season. I also, Chris Jones doesn't get nearly enough love. I mean, what's the narrative that we know time and time again against Tom Brady is that if you can pressure him, things can go sideways. Um, and Chris Jones, if we think back to last year's big game, I believe there was six minutes left in the game. It wasn't um, a three quarters of fireworks, in fact. It was a, a bit dull frankly. Um, but then Chris Jones got a deflection off of Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah. in the stadium, I could feel the entire momentum energetically of the game shift. And so I do think this Kansas City Chiefs defense is consistently not underrated, but overshadowed perhaps by the potency of their offense. And there is an opportunity for them to once again change the game. Do you think we finally get a game in the postseason where Kansas City doesn't fall behind by multiple scores in the first quarter? Like, is that is that finally going to happen? Well, if you look at week 12, they got up early. I mean, that, that was yeah. they were 17 to nothing. Right. So if there is it, we're using the word again, blueprint drink. Uh, if there is a blueprint for that to happen, it's this matchup. Um, before we head out, tell us a little bit more about the countdown to kickoff show. The Countdown to Kickoff show is on Thursday. It is featuring myself, Charles Robinson, who you mentioned a little bit earlier, one of our NFL senior writers, Therese Paler, who followed the Chiefs for the bulk of his career, Yahoo Sports' other NFL senior writer, Um, Tank Williams from FFL, former NFL player himself, and Minty Betts, who will be covering some of our, some of the, um, the wagering lines and the action, if you will. It is an hour, maybe 75-minute show. It's live on (laughs) Thursday. (laughs) It's live on Thursday. It kicks off um, at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and it features, we're going to have a lot of special guests. We're going to talk about the game. We're also going to talk about things that maybe other media outlets aren't as willing to discuss, Antonio Brown. And... um, (laughs) There will be some, I've been shooting some packages earlier, Um, some big names are stopping by, so it'll be a good time, and I think it'll be a real, if you are looking for a show that primes you for the big game, but is also fun and different from what you're going to get 
on a game day broadcast, then you should definitely check it out. Again, that's Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and you can check it on Yahoo Sports and, of course, through the app. Yeah, there you are. Check it out. It's going to be an hour-ish, hour-ish. Who knows? Um, But that's going to be good. That's a great cast. That's awesome. If instead you're just looking for more podcasts, um, we have those too. Check out the Yahoo Sports NFL pod with Charles Robinson and Therese Paler and the Yahoo Sports College podcast with Wetzel, with Thamel, with 40 from SI. Check out Post It Up with Chris Haynes, an excellent NBA podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I am at Andy Barons. That is at Liz Loza underscore FF. Huge thanks to Raghu, our producer. Uh, we will be back on Friday with a Super Bowl prop show for you. But until then, we are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.